1: I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. We are continuing our series today about accessing your inner child with the Enneagram Type 8. Now, as a reminder, I want to treat this almost like a bucket list of ideas of things that you can pull from as you seek to further access your inner child. Now, as a quick little reminder, we're doing this through the lens of the soul child. If you haven't heard of soul child, I learned this through the work of Sandra Maitrey. And it's essentially the concept that your Enneagram type exists to protect your inner child, which was the number that your type moves to in rest. So for type eight, the soul child is type two, meaning in their childhood, they were a little two and they learned to protect themselves through the Enneagram eight. Now here is Sandra Mitri's description. It's much better than what I can do for you. So I'm going to read it to you directly. Within the tough and no-nonsense eight who delights in testing her grit, in that of others dominating and controlling life and triumphing over any adversity lies a needy, clingy, and lonely little Jewish soul child who is desperate to be loved and held. An Innate soul child wants to snuggle up to others, getting as close as possible, and can be insistent and demanding about it. Beneath an eight's show of strength is the soul child who is filled with all of the emotions she considers weak, needing others, fearing rejection, insecurity, and a deep sense of sadness and loneliness. With a sense that her contactful and loving qualities were not wanted as a child, an eight reacted by essentially saying, fuck you, to everyone she felt dependent on and set out to prove she didn't need anyone or anything. She hid what felt like her vulnerable soft underbelly behind a veneer of callousness and in the process closed down her openness and receptivity. As an ape contacts the defensiveness behind her pride and the sense of rejection and neediness that underlie it, it may feel as though her whole world will collapse. She's done everything she can to not experience these weak places in her soul and often feels she will not survive if she allows them to emerge. As she lets herself contact her neediness and pain, her heart can open again, and her soul can become permeable. She can be touched once again, and as she contacts reality with less and less of a thick and defended skin, she will gradually feel more connected with life, instead of trying to wrestle life for what she needs. She will find her soul relaxing, melting, and merging with her essential nature, whose honey-like nectar fills her soul in the form of merging gold. Instead of fighting with reality, she will be united with it. And as she progressively surrenders more and more fully to his being, she will find fulfillment and loving union rather than the capitulation she had feared. Okay, so to sum this up, our eights have this ooey-gooey loving two who needs a lot of affection and attention, who wrestles with insecurity... And they have covered that, protected that with this like kind of sharp, defensive, protective veneer of I don't need anything. I don't need anyone. I'm tough. I'm the protector. I'm the provider. I'm the leader. I'm strong. I'm not weak. I'm not vulnerable. Right. So as the eights seek to get in touch with their inner child and do some inner child work, it's going to be getting in touch with the ooey gooey, soft, vulnerable parts of themselves. Sorry, guys, but that's the assignment. So all of our bucket list items here are here in service of making you feel vulnerable, of accessing your weakness, and getting you in tune with the part of you that just wants to be loved. Okay, so number one, I say this to AIDS all the time, it's take time with animals or kids. A lot of times, AIDS will soften around more vulnerable people or things, and so Being around animals or children, pick your preference there, you know, doing something for the good of others, especially others who are kind of not able to advocate for themselves can soften you in a really healthy way. Number two, volunteer. So give without expectation of receiving. Give from a place of vulnerability and weakness, not as a leader, not as an expert, but from a place of like, I'm showing up, I'm just here to help. Number three, ask for help. Ask someone else to help you with something you might not even think you need help with. You know, maybe tonight you just want to sit down and you don't want to do the dishes. Maybe you can ask your partner if they'll take that on. Embrace that sense of wanting to be cared for, wanting to be taken care of. Let the little kid in you be loved with someone else's strength. Number four, express the truth beneath your truth. So, Aids have no problem telling it straight, right? There's no lack of directness, no lack of bluntness, but they also struggle to share their vulnerability. And that's what we call like the truth beneath the truth, right? You're telling the truth. You're giving it to people straight. But what's the more vulnerable truth that you are afraid to express by using bluntness as your armor. So, can you go underneath and ask yourself, what is this bluntness, this directness trying to accomplish? And can I express the more vulnerable truth beneath that? Number five, write a love letter. Write this love letter to a partner, to a friend. Write it to yourself, if you would rather, and gush. Gush all over, you know, tap into the part of you that is a two and go all the way and give them details. Be specific. Think about what they would like for you to see in them and express that outward. Number six, ask someone what they love about you. This is like, I wish this could be an assignment, right? Like all the other ones. I'm like, yes, this is a bucket list. Pick and choose the ones you want. I want this one to be an assignment, Like, I want you to have to ask this question, like as homework, because when you think about the eight character, right, you're not allowing vulnerability. You are the caregiver. You are the protector. You're the safe space for others. You're the strong one. I want to know what they like about you. I want you to be vulnerable enough to ask and believe what someone else loves about you. All right, number seven, tell someone how you feel, not what you want. So aids are not, like twos will often, I'll often say, ask for what you need.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: Aids, that's not really the problem, right? Aids can ask for what they need. But expressing why you need it, how you feel without it, how it would feel to have it, That takes a lot longer. It slows you down. It takes more vulnerability. It's a longer process. And that is what I want you to do. (laughs) I want you to, next time you go, hey, can you take care of this? I want you instead to describe that a little bit. You know, I'm going to give an example. So let's say if my partner uses my car, I want them to fill it up with gas. That's an expectation or that's something that's really important to me. So instead of saying, hey, can you fill my tank up with gas when you go? Or hey, I it would mean a lot to me if you filled this up with gas, like when you use my car, fill it up with gas. Instead of that, I want you to say, hey, when I was a kid, I never really knew if I would have what I needed. I mean, you hear my seven in this, right? But I never knew if I would have what I needed and and that creates a lot of frustration or let's talk from the eight perspective i'm i'm hearing how i can do that now so let's talk from the eight perspective when i was a kid i felt like i had to be the one to take care of everyone else i felt like i was responsible for everyone else and i had to be the one to lead to be strong to you know assert myself and take control and in partnership, when you use my car and you bring it back and it's on empty, that makes me feel like I can't rely on other people to take care of me, that I'm the only one who's going to take care of others. It makes me feel uh, undervalued. It makes me feel like you don't consider what I need. And then say, if you were to fill my car up with gas, when you borrowed it, it would make me feel so loved and so safe. It would show me that you care about me and that my needs are important to you. See what I mean? Like explain it. Don't just ask for it. And number eight, I want you to do something you're bad at. Something that you know you're not good at, something you can't be in charge of, you can't lead at, something that you just have to learn. You know, take a dance class and stand in the back. Um, go do something that makes you vulnerable, that you have to learn, that puts you in the position of being a student and not a teacher. Which brings me a little bit to number nine. This is kind of similar but different. I maybe do something frivolous, like Paint something, not in your house, not like a house project. Don't paint a wall. Paint a pretty picture just because you want to, just to express a feeling, to express something that you find beautiful, just to honor the beauty of the world, just for self-expression. Maybe you also, instead of doing that, maybe you're like, I don't care to paint, but maybe you'll try a dance or ecstatic dance or intuitive movement. You know, try something that just feels a little out of your comfort zone, that is only there for self-expression, only there to move your emotions through your body, whatever you need, just play. Number 10, our final bucket list item here is to apologize first for a full week. The eight defense mechanism is denial. So oftentimes our eights will deny. (laughs) So when someone comes to you and they say, hey, this is a conflict that happened. This is how it felt to me. This is what's going on. AIDS who are not conscious of this, their defense mechanism will be to say, that didn't happen. That's not true. That's not me. But what if you can you apologize first for a full week? What if you look for opportunities in your friendships or your partnerships where you own a hundred percent of anything that you could have done to create a conflict? and you take the charge and the lead on apologizing first. What is the impact that that has on the relationships in your life? Things that might come up, you might start to feel like too much of this is falling onto you. You might feel like I don't need to apologize for X, Y, or Z because there's nothing wrong with X, Y, or Z. What if you apologize anyway? What if you love so much that you apologize even when you don't think you need to? Because the harm That we're afraid of, right? In healthy relationship, in relationship with people who are safe, it's not, it's minuscule, right? The actual harm that will be done by apologizing is nearly non-existent. It's the fear that you are giving your power away that's going to prevent you from apologizing in safe situations which will one, either create a hostile situation or two, it will prevent you from experiencing the safety that's available to you because you aren't making yourself vulnerable enough to receive that love. So I like the, I like an experiment, especially with things that are much more vulnerable, much more scary. Giving yourself a time that you're like, I'm going to practice this. I'm going to see what this looks like if I were to take that Stance. Play with it, right? I know most of us don't want to be stuck in a situation where we apologize first forever, but you can do it for a week, right? You can set the tone of that in your relationships for a week. Try it out. See how it impacts things. See how it feels to love and be loved in that way. All right, friends, that is our inner child bucket list for type eight. Next week, we will talk about Type 7, and tomorrow we have our Wednesday Q&A, so stay tuned for that. As always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you, and I'll see you tomorrow for the next one. Bye.
0: You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft.